0: Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. A scripture lesson this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit." speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? We hear those words, I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing, I'm going to pray when the Spirit says pray, I'm going to moan when the Spirit says moan, I'm going to shout when the Spirit says shout, and obey the Spirit of the Lord. So Lord, speak to us. May your spirit be poured out over everyone that is gathered for worship today, both in this room, in this building, on this campus, and around the globe connected by the gift of technology. Pour out your spirit on us so that we would clearly hear those commands and go forth from this place, not as hearers of the word, but as doers of the word, obeying the spirit of the Lord. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. So we've been in ministry together now for right just a little bit over three years, three years and a month if you're keeping score, and it's been well documented. I think it's just, I'm pretty much on the record for saying this, that I believe that the local church is the greatest change agent for the kingdom, for the good of the world. That there is nothing like the local church when the local church is working well, that I believe that God is calling us to do great things right here in our community, right here, right out to the doors, wherever it is that we live and live our lives. So with that in mind, I'm not going to lie to you. Let's just admit that the last 18 months has been really one of those difficult times that have really tried our souls. It's tried to break our commitment. It's threatened to shatter our faith. And yet each week, we have gathered here, wherever here is, we have gathered for worship. We've gathered here in this space, in the community room, across the globe, connected by the Internet. We've gathered together to speak the liturgy, to sing the hymns to listen to the music, to hear the word read and proclaimed and to take it deep in our heart and to sing praises to God as the church, as God's people gathered together, to worship, to focus on our relationship with God and to be about making a positive change, to make a difference in our world for the sake of the kingdom. And so we're right on the cusp of beginning another program year in ministry. You know, ministry in the church, we've got about three different calendars. We've kind of got the fiscal or the the Julian calendar that we sort of mark the months for the year. Then there's a liturgical calendar that begins in Advent and runs all the way back through to Christ the King Sunday. And then there's the program calendar, which kind of mimics the school calendar. So right at the beginning of the program calendar, another year where next week we resume Sunday school Having two worship services, our youth ministry program begins their weekly gatherings on Sunday nights. And then a week or two later, just after Labor Day, all the other program ministries get up and running, children's music, choirs, fellowship groups. And we'll begin to realize that there is something every day for every one of us, something every day for everyone in the world but we also recognize that we are a church at a crossroads. A crossroads by the pandemic, a crossroads with the future of the denomination, a crossroads with a culture that is changing. But we're in our 90th year of ministry in this spot. And our future is laid out right in front of us. It's very clear we're called to do who we're called to be. So as I'm thinking about where we are, it reminds me a little bit of the text that we read today where the church in Ephesus found themselves. You know, they are a church at the crossroads right there at the major trade route between Europe and the Far East and the Middle East. They're the crossroads of culture with the Greco-Roman world and the Jewish world. Crossroads of faith with this emergent church, the Christian church, the followers of Christ. The church at Ephesus was a church with a mission to follow Christ, to invite others to be a part of that fellowship, and to make a real difference in the world around them. And so Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus is a letter of greetings, it's a letter of instructions, it's a letter of assurance and of encouragement and this part that I read today, chapter 5, verses 15 to 20, it's really sort of this message to the congregation that they can do anything if they focus their hearts on the Spirit of God. So sort of like if you think about it in the business world, it's kind of like the sales meeting where, you know, you get all the salespeople together at a big convention center somewhere, you give out sales prizes, and then just before the convention ends, the CEO or some motivational speaker gets up there and says, you know, y'all, we can do more. And they whip them all up in this frenzy to go out and to sell the world whatever the product is. Or maybe it's the coach right before the big game gathering the team in the locker room and, you know, and they use all the cliches that you you use in sports. You got to play them one day at a time and you got to give 110%. But the whole idea is to whip the team in this frenzy that they can conquer whatever adversity happens on the field. So Paul is telling the church this, make the most of every opportunity, be filled with the Spirit, not the Spirit from Saturday night, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, he says. He says, we're best when we sing and make music from our hearts to the Lord. And it's in that line. It's in what he says there in verse 19 that matters. There it is. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. That's what the church is supposed to do. That's the ministry that we're supposed to have, to sing and make music from our hearts to the Lord so that the world sees and hears the song that we sing. So as I thought about that text this week, I thought about just the different churches that I have encountered in life and travels and appointments and just being with friends and going to church with them. And think about the way that those different churches sing and worship those different experiences, begins to tell me a clue about how we are to live right here at the crossroads of our history. I mean, I've been in churches much like this one where worship is glorious and grand, where the organ rattles the rafters, the choir sings anthems that sound just like what the heavenly hosts must have sounded like the night that Jesus was born. And when the congregation sings, the hymns echo and resound across the walls, and that must be just what heaven sounds like. This rich sound that just is in full harmony, pitch, and key. It's got one focus, and just like the songs and the hymns have that, that church has that mission, that one focus. And that's the kind of church we are called to be a church with one calling. One commandment, one commission. I mean, Jesus said it, our commandment was to love God with all of our hearts and all of our mights and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's the commandment. But you remember the commission was to go forth into the world, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in my name, he said, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so my brothers and sisters, every day, every day we are given the gift of time, the gift of people that we encounter, opportunities for ministry. And so as we rise and spend our first 15 minutes of every day with God, listening and learning and being loved by the one who loves us most, then we must go forth, each and every one of us must go forth and follow that commandment and live that commission. We must honestly ask ourselves, do we love our neighbor as we would want to be loved? I mean, do we really think about our actions and how they might impact others both positively and negatively? We begin to think about those actions and how they have that effect. What we need to do is we need to stop doing the ones that have the negative impact, just push those on into the trash bin of life and instead focus on the things that have the positive impact on the lives of the people around us. And we begin to do that. We begin to glorify God with our actions. We begin to invite people into that sacred story. And it's that moment that we are singing the harmonious hymn that God calls us to sing, the one that fills the world with the sound of the heavens. I think of the church that I worshiped in, in Jamaica once. Now I have to confess to you, this is one of those worship experiences that would make the professional choir directors of the world cringe. I mean, we were singing a hymn that was familiar but the accents were just mixed and pronounced. You had that rhythmic Jamaican accent. You had the Davidson County twang. You had that smooth as the Yadkin River flows for Scythe County accent. You had the long eyes of Burke County, and then you had that muddled sort of transplant accent that sort of happens in Mecklenburg County. And we were all there singing with gravelly and shrill voices, off key, and with different harmonies. I mean, it was, we were making a noise and it was beautiful, but it was really a noise to the Lord. This, amu- this beautiful amalgamation, praising God together, knowing that not a one of us was a trained singer, and yet it didn't matter. As I think of that church and that experience, two things come to mind. First, that the work of the church is messy. I mean, you remember the work of the church is being led by, just like we're imperfect voices, we're imperfect people. It's full of humans. We try our best to be our best people. We bring our brokenness. We bring our baggage. We bring our luggage into things. And sometimes there's this awkwardness to us trying to address the ills of the world, but we have our hearts focused on that which matters most. And God calls us into it. God calls us into the ministry, into that mission, that commission, knowing full well that we bring the messiness of our lives with us. Because God knows that we must work together, imperfect as we are, to achieve that mission. The second thing that comes to mind, not just the messiness of the church, but that all of us have gifts to use and gifts to contribute to make that mission come alive and reach with success. We all have gifts. Just like in that church, we all had different accents, we all had different keys, but we brought worship alive in itself because we brought them all to the table. So we as individuals must wade in the messiness of the ministry of our church by offering our gifts. So here's a little homework I want for you to do with me this week. Three things. One, I want you to make a list of the gifts you have that you can offer. What are the gifts we have that we can offer the ministry of our church? The second thing is just to answer this question, am I willing to use those gifts to help the church succeed? And here's the third one, how are you willing? Where are you willing? How often are you willing to use those gifts? Now, when you make that list out and you've got it in front of you, whether it's on an index card, a post-it note, a sheet of paper, Wherever you do that, what I hope you will do is I hope you will email me or a member of our staff, then say, I have this gift and I want to put it to use. Maybe I can use it here. It gets the conversation started because that's what God calls us to do is to bring it together. And when we do that, the familiar hymn that we sing is the one that God calls us to do to fulfill the mission of the church. The final experience that comes to mind when I read this text is the time that I found myself in a church in which I was clearly the outsider. I was at least a foot and a half taller than anyone else in the congregation. I didn't speak the language, I was in a different country, I I didn't know the culture, I didn't even understand the politics. But I was welcomed in the door as if I had always been a member of that church, as if I had a pew with my name on it and I had my regular spot to sit in. So as worship began that night and it went on, the hymns that we sang, the tune was familiar. I didn't understand the words they sang, but I knew the hymn. But the church sang on nonetheless, they and their language, me and mine. And in this place, what I began to realize is that all of us are welcome at the table of the Lord. All of us are welcome in the Lord's house. All of us are called, we are family knitted together, maybe separated by miles and country and politics and borders, but we are knitted together in the fabric of the family of God. And this, my brothers and sisters, this is the hymn that we, the people of Centenary United Methodist Church, this is the hymn that we are called to sing, that no matter the differences, no matter the divisions, no matter the languages, no matter the journeys of our lives, our doors are open to everyone, every day, and that there is always a place for you here. There's always room for one more person here. That's the hymn that we're called to sing. Because in that hymn, we're fulfilling that mission and that commission. So my brothers and sisters, we find ourselves at this crossroads. This crossroads of culture and the pandemic and a new program year. Paul says that we are to be filled with the Spirit and that we are to sing and make music from the heart to the Lord. So then let's do just that. Let's be the church for our world that sings with one mission, one commandment, one commission, to love the world with all of our hearts and to love God deeply as we love our neighbor. To go into all the world and invite them to be a part of this fellowship, Let us sing a hymn of commitment where we wade into the messiness of ministry and we offer our gifts. And let's sing the familiar hymn of family. We realize that every one of us is a part of the family of God and there's room always for one more person. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.